Hey there, it's me, Denise Lee, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast, where I help improve your mindset and your money. And today, I'm really humbled and honored to have Julie Broad. She is the founder of Self-Publishing the Services, Book Launchers, and Amazon's number one, yes, number one, a best-selling offer, and she knows how to self-publish a book. And today's conversation, we're going to be talking about how to get your name out there, how to transform lies through your content, and more importantly, how to promote yourself. And Julie is the best person to do that, and maybe she might give me some poker tips. Let's see how this conversation goes. <laughs> Julie, thank you so much for having this experience today. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Denise. Now, beyond me just louding on you and saying about how awesome you are, let's get back to your origin. Let's talk about who you are and how you got to helping people write books. Well, once upon a time, <laughs> I, I was actually kind of once upon a time, I was a, a little girl who dreamed of writing books and being an author and being a teacher. But somewhere along the line, somebody told me uh, teachers and, and writers don't make money. So I went to business school and then I doubled down and did an MBA as well. So uh, and then I went into real estate. <laughs> So I left that that writer long behind as I got into real estate, but it's actually real estate that brought me to books um, because I started investing in real estate in 2001 and I went full time in 2008, which anybody who knows the history of what happened in 2008 with the real estate market, it was brilliant timing to go full time into real estate investing and start a real estate training and education company. But it really was brilliant timing in that I had a lot of lessons to share, to teach people and help people. And I started writing them. And I started building a platform where my name got out there. And little bit by bit, I attracted the attention and some conversations with publishers. And suddenly that little girl who always dreamed of writing a book, like was alive and in full force inside of me. Um, and, you know, a long story uh, shortened. The, I ended up in a very serious conversation back and forth with Wiley. Wiley didn't end up, or Wiley didn't like my book idea, because I had one, of course. And uh, they said, but you know what, we're interested in working with you. Here's an idea. And so they gave me an idea. We went back and forth for three months. I was certain this was going to end up in a book deal because they gave me an idea. But they ended up saying they didn't think I had a strong enough platform to sell books. So they kind of kicked me and then kicked, they kicked my idea and then they kicked me. And it took a while, but I ended up going back to my original idea of self-publishing. And that opened the world of self-publishing to me. And it really, honestly, the rejection was the greatest thing that ever happened to me uh, because I owned the rights to my book. I made way more money and, you know, I, I took it to number one overall on Amazon. So, it, you know, it, way better than they've done with a real estate book in Canada, which is where I was at the time. Uh, and it was a niche nonfiction self-published book. <laughs> and so that is that was kind of the impetus, although not the immediate result wasn't starting book launchers and diving headfirst into this. But that was, you know, that's the short version of kind of how I ended up in publishing and really living my little girl dreams of being a writer, but also helping other people. Because remember, my dream was to be a writer and a teacher. And so now I help people write books and I write books. <laughs> Well, let, let's, let's help people understand, like, because I know you just zoomed through that whole story, but there's a lot to unpack. And I want to, let's go back in time and think about the year you were thinking, yes, I want to uh, work with this publishing company. Let's, let's, let's actually break down, because I think for a lot of people, 
we're listening and we're learning about other people, but we're not learning about the experience and what we learn through each pivotal moment. Yeah. So we've so, got the time. Let's talk about okay. what exactly okay. happened when you were dealing with Wiley Publishing. Yeah, I mean, it was a fascinating process in that, you know, I had this book idea that was all about real estate investing. So again, I'd read 70 real estate books at this time. I knew my market. I'd been investing for a decade. Uh, and I said to them, there needed to be a book that covered the things that can go wrong because I had owned a crack house, not on purpose. And I had had a property manager that got charged with manslaughter. I had tenants, you know, I had all these stories and I ended up you know, saying this book needs to be about the risks of real estate. And they were like, ah, oh, we've done general real estate books. So this is one thing I learned is that traditional publishers don't, they don't know your industry like you do. They have their data, they have their analytics, but they don't know it. And I knew because I had read, I had been in it. Um, nobody had written about the stuff that I wanted to write about. So that was the first thing. Um, and then the second thing, of course, was that feeling that I needed to be chosen. Um, and when they rejected me, I didn't even see self-publishing really as an option. I felt like I couldn't publish a book. Um, and a lot of people feel that way because they feel like if they don't publish with a publisher, it's not legit. And, and or they just feel like they need to be chosen or they think it's easier. They think the publisher is going to do the marketing. But the big thing to know is that the publisher is going to give you a book deal if they can see how you're going to sell the book. Not how they're going to sell the book, how you're going to sell the book, because they rejected me because I didn't have a strong enough platform to sell books, which I proved to them as wrong. But <laughs> well, you know what? Let, let, I, I want to get in deeper a little bit about the decision process of this of making your story known to the public and mm -hmm. why you even felt the passion to put pen to paper about that. Like aside from the little girl dream, you have yeah. been through hell dealing with crazy tenants and contracts that folded last minute and people just acting insane on closing and everything in between. Like there are a lot of people who just drink it, drink their sorrows over a glass of wine. Right. But you mm -hmm. wanted someone to learn more about that. What made you decide to go from the, this sucks. I'm going to complain about this to my girlfriend versus I need to write a book. Yeah. And he really, it came down to helping people. And really in particular, I was, because I was coaching people, I was seeing people that were making similar mistakes to me and they were following the same advice that I had fallen followed that created that, you know, those mistakes. And so I just kept thinking, well, if I can help one person from avoiding some of the big disasters, because I, some people had taken family money, invested it and things had gone all kinds of wrong. And so that was really what ended up driving me was, okay, if I can help prevent one person from suffering the way I've suffered, the way I've seen other people suffer in this experience, then it's worth it. And I also really had this piece that's almost like vengeance. Like, you know, when you get told you can't do something, it makes you want to do it. Um, and so as I recovered and started to feel determined to help people and that I knew, I, I truly knew that this book was needed. I also felt like, well, fine, Wiley, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it better than if you would have given me a book deal. And so I really dove into learning everything about self-publishing, which in 2013, there wasn't that much out there, but I learned, you know, I spent hundreds of hours figuring out the order of hiring people. How do you market the book? All those things which is largely why the book went to number one is because I was so driven. <laughs> now, when you were, okay, so we talked about you wanted to help other people avoid the same mistakes. You knew that this was something that the market needed. You went to a publisher and said, this is a resource. 
I know the public need this. And then you came to find out the business side of the publishing. Let's talk about the actual research process that you did in terms of learning how to market yourself through your book. Yeah, I mean, it was at first it was Google, right? What's out there? What's already out there on on? I mean, everybody does that probably. I went to YouTube. I went to Google. There was one book out there. I think by it was Guy Kawasaki called Ape, author, publisher, entrepreneur was his book. I I poured through that book because I was one of the only ones out. I found a few other resources. Um, there's a couple podcasts and a few things. Like I, I consumed everything I could possibly find on self publishing in particular because I really wasn't interested in the traditional model after what had happened with Wiley. So it really was focused on that. And then it was just talking to my network. Um, It was really sharing what had happened with my network and the belief behind why this book was needed. And that was the, that was the emphasis. That's what took it to number one was I had some really key realtors and mortgage brokers uh, that I had connected with over the years who said, my, my clients need this book. Um, that, you know, I have so many clients who've taken the get rich quick real estate courses, they're making a mess of things, or they try to make me make a mess of things and your book will help them. And so it was really those other people that rallied behind my message and my reason for putting the book out there, uh, that really drove it to number one and sold the thousands and thousands of copies. And still to this day, even though I'm long beyond real estate, they still sell the book and buy the book for their clients. (laughs) You know, it's amazing that you mentioned something that you tapped your network beyond Google, beyond just the internet, there are so many people that can help you provide that extra knowledge and resources that's not captured online. Is that your experience too? Like you found out so much more through those conversations than just trying to scout through articles or watch videos. Yeah, to a point. I mean, it- what I was doing wasn't done by very many people at that time. So that's the thing, like 20, 2012 and into 20, early 2013, which is when my book came out, there really weren't a lot of people who had done a lot of self-publishing. Uh, but I was talking about marketing. You know, I was asking everybody, you know, what, what title would you buy? You know, so I was tapping their knowledge, not necessarily specific to the book publishing process, but to like, okay, how do I, how would you buy a book? Like, what would you do? Um, what do you want for your clients? You know, those were some of the questions I was asking. Uh, but there wasn't a lot of information, like in terms of like the, my, my network didn't really know what I was trying to do. <laughs> and that's okay because we're on our own personal journey, right? So as somebody who's listening right now going, gee, I know that there's something that the market needs, but I don't know exactly how to go through that self-discovery process. How would you say, what would you tell that person who's listening that first step on, I know I need to put something out there. Where should I go? Yeah. I mean, we've created some resources to help people with that. And I think you have one of the links, which is a workbook on, you know, and one of the first things I want you to figure out in the workbook is who is my audience and, and really understanding who you want to impact with your book. And then you want to figure out, um, you know, what are your own goals? Because you want to make sure that that aligns. And I've seen it where it doesn't align. Um, you know, I've had somebody who wanted to write a book about, and I'll blur the lines because, you know, I don't have permission, but um, they wanted to write a bo- book about estrangement, um, estrangement from their family. At the same time, their goal was to be a keynote speaker. Um, not saying that's an impossible connection, but most of the people who pay for keynote speakers are large companies, large associations, large groups. And 
there's not going to be a huge market for the topic of estrangement. So the the book market match wasn't going to be there. But most of the time, if you really get clear on who your audience is and the problem that you're solving for them that they haven't been able to solve somewhere else, then you're now positioned to probably achieve your goals as long as you know, your goals are in alignment with serving that same audience. That's where you start. Um, then you have to go through a whole exploration process of figuring out how you're unique and what you're offering. That's just that little bit different. And a lot of people don't do this work. So just, you know, heads up for anybody who thinks I'm inspired, I'm going to go write a book. Um, the big mistake I see in self-publishing is people write the book and then figure out how to market it. The process that I'm talking to you about is figuring out exactly how and who you're marketing it to before you write a single word. I lucked out. I did this intuitively. I didn't do it on purpose, but I, you know, now we've worked with 250 plus authors. I can tell you the people who have really good um, clarity around who their audience is and how they serve them in a slightly different way than they're getting served elsewhere. They're the ones that have great success with their book and ultimately achieve really cool things after their book's out. Be sure to be listen. Be sure not just to listen to what we have to say, but check out the show notes that will be included in this episode because I want to make sure that everyone who's listening doesn't just stop listening. <laughs> they go and take the next step. And you, you mentioned something that I want to talk about because I know I talk about this a lot with my clients is that don't make the offer and hope that it will sell. Go and understand your audience and their needs and then build something that's wraps around that. And I and you touched on something so important is that we need to focus on our audience and understand the market needs much more than just trying to put out something and hoping to God that we can make some money off of it. Do you believe that people need automatically to write a book or do they need to spend more time more understanding their audience first? And is it, is it kind of the chicken or the egg? What, what are your thoughts about that? It depends. Uh, so if they have very little audience clarity, um, that can be a real problem. And so, but if they have some audience clarity, uh, what I see very commonly is they have multiple audiences. And so they're trying to serve multiple audiences with the same message. And so for me, they have to, you know, choose the audience and then focus on that. And it doesn't mean that will be the only audience, but that's really who they really want to connect with. If they have no idea, if they're just telling me I want to inspire women, well, then I will probably suggest they go through a series of questions to really figure out who is that woman um, and what is the problem they're going to help them with or what is what is the piece that's when they after they're inspired, right? Because it's not enough to inspire somebody. After they're inspired, what's going to change? What's going to happen in their life? And how are you going to be the catalyst and the support system that actually creates that change? That's what matters. And when you figure that part out and get clearer on the audience, you're set up to write the book. Sometimes that can happen in the book writing process, but you're better off to have an idea of who your audience is before you start writing. When you talked about, uh, let's talk about women and let's talk about personal branding. I didn't really want to thought I was going to talk about this, but I think it's so pivotal in, in, in the whole realm of self-publishing and personal branding, there's a lot of women who've been inspired by The Real Housewives and all these other shows and think, I've seen them like vomit all their personal problems and make millions on a book deal and think maybe I can do that too. And 
<laughs> we know it's more complicated than that. We know that we need to put us art. Everyone's story is unique and personal, whatever, right? But we also have to be cognizant about filling in that gap of to what is not being spoken about. So what I'm trying to ask you is how in the world can we market ourselves, our own personal experiences in a way that we know is going to fill that gap that's needed in the market? I mean, that's a huge topic. Uh, so, because I mean, it's not a simple thing. The first thing I think does go back to the reader. So always remember that even though it might be your story, yours, you know, and it might be about you, it's not for you. It's for that reader. It's for that audience. There's only certain parts of that story that people need to know. Um, and that goes back to the outcome. So to me, your brand is still focused on that ultimate outcome you want for your audience. And, you know, that might be one word. You might define that in one word, right? You know, you might define that in one word, but there's a whole bunch of things that have to happen for that word to take place or, or whatever it is. Like for me, writing a book that is great, you know, that you're going to have an impact and also make an income from, there's a lot to talk about in that brand, right? There's so much to talk about. And there's certain parts of my personal life the good and the bad that makes sense to share in alignment with that. Um, and then there's other things that you guys really don't need to know. Like it's just, you know, it doesn't add value. So I think if you always ask yourself, is this story going to benefit my reader? Like what is this, what is knowing this about me do for my reader? And you always kind of circle back to that. Um, you'll be in a much stronger position. But if you're really lost, that means you don't have clarity on what you're, what, how you're serving your audience. <laughs> I'm here talking with Julie Broad about self-publishing, ghostwriting, and everything that you need to launch your personal brand. You're going to get some more tips coming to you after this short break.
And we're back. What I'm wondering, Julie, that's on my mind right now is why is somebody who's new to business thinks they need to make their own book? Why go about the whole process of self-publishing? Um, if you're new, if you're brand new to business, I think your first priority, I mean, it depends. We actually have clients who write the book and build the business around the book because the book provides ultimate clarity on your brand. It can create really great messaging and really str like a real strong foundation for your business. So that's one approach. Um, if you have a floundering business that's barely alive and you want to add a book to your plate, that might not be the best thing. Like it, the strategy of writing the book to create the foundation for the business is really great. The strategy of I have a decent business and now I want the book to take me to the next level. I think that's also a really great strategy. It opens doors, you know, great things. Um, if you're trying to write the book because you don't really know what your business is about and you're kind of floundering, I don't think the book's actually going to do it. Um, so if you're kind of in that middle spot, it, I don't think a book is a great idea until you've got that audience clarity that like, what do you serve? How do you serve people and who are you serving? Um, that your book's going to flop too. <laughs> so, um, I'm really yeah. glad we're talking about this for those who are listening. Like, well, let me, let me just call Julie and get this book off the ground, you know, and <laughs> they're not at a position either mentally or with their business where they need to actually go through that process because it can be traumatic writing the book, having all those emotions. It doesn't matter if it's fiction or your own nonfiction, your own personal life, right? There's always something emotional about exposing yourself to the general market. Yeah, you have, we, we call, I call them your monsters in the closet and you're going to deal with them in, as an author because, and if you don't, then you haven't shared a book that's going to be meaningful, which means it'll be boring. And we're, our hashtag is no boring books. And so if you haven't faced a monster, then you haven't gone deep enough, but our, you know, our most common monsters are the fear of judgment, the fear of failure, the fear of success, uh, you know, and then imposter syndrome. And I think imposter syndrome tends to come up the most um, with fear of judgment, you know, right behind, but fear of success and fear of failure are very common too. And so when you're writing this book, a lot of things will happen. Uh, ultimately, and I feel like I'm hitting this like repeatedly, but it's so important, go back to your reader. And when I wrote my first book, uh, More Than Cashflow, I was really terrified because a lot of my family, my coaching clients, and absolutely my investors, because you know we were raising a lot of money for buying property, they didn't know a lot of the mistakes that we had made. Um, you know, we were charged with fire code violations at one point, like there was a lot of mistakes. And I, I knew I had to share them in order to convey the message that I was sharing. But I was also terrified of like, are people going to want their money back? Are they going to want to be coached by me? Um, and but I just kept going back to that reader. And in order to have the impact that I wanted to have, I knew I had to share why some of the things I had done had led to these things. Because other people might blame, oh, it was the fault of the course, or oh, it was the fault of this. And ultimately, it was my decisions. Like, I could have prevented almost everything that had gone royally wrong if I had just had more clarity and made better decisions. So, um, so yeah, so I think <laughs> I kind of went on a huge tangent there, but go back to the reader and you'll be more centered and your ego won't play as big of a part, which makes it a little less emotional. It's still going to be emotional if you're doing it right. But if you're focused on that reader, you can ground yourself. You know, you mentioned something really interesting that I want to touch upon. And it was about the fear of 
fallout or negative repercussions from investors and other people in your business community. Now, when you're talking about your life, it's not really your life. It's your life plus <laughs> everyone that you're interacting. How mm -hmm. much influence do you put into getting the buy-in from people who are impacted by your decisions into the actual writing your book? For example, let's say you part of your story was your divorce. And of course, obviously, there's another part of the, the person in your divorce story is <laughs> your, your soon-to-be ex-spouse or ex-spouse. How much do you feel like, okay, I need to really include his full permission about what all the details and everything else that's going on in my life? Like, what, what is that balance when I'm asking, Julian? How much input do we need from other people as we're writing our own story? So, I mean, I, I cover, I have a video on my YouTube channel at booklaunchers.tv called, you know, dealing with personal stories, because there's lots of different ways. Um, the short answer is to focus on your perspective. So at, at no point should you say, you know, you know, he did this and it was, you know, and judge it, right? If you're judging what somebody else is doing, then that can be very problematic. If, however, it's solely from your perspective and factual as to how things were experienced for you and you really stick to that, um, you know, it's your experience and you don't really have to worry as much. But the thing is some, you know, especially when it comes to family and relationships, there's there's people that will always read it the wrong way. So it, you got to make your decisions as to what's most important for you. Um, yeah, because there's different, and I can't speak without diving into somebody's situation. And even then I never know the whole circumstances, but um, yeah, I say focus on your perspective always. And then as it gets to other kind of usages of people's, you know, something they may have said, then that's where you may want to go down the permissions and kind of pursue permission. But um, if it's your, from your perspective and it's how you experienced it and you're stating fact, then you can say whatever you need to say, um, but it's also your choice. <laughs> I, I like that. We ultimately dictate how much we want to put in and out of our story, but staying focused on our perspective helps us from eliminating our power, eliminating our power, eliminating what really mattered most. And I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs can, if they're not careful, can run afoul. I mean, like I'm talking more and more about other things and less about what you need to learn from the situation. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, what would you say is the most important part of the whole self-publishing process? Is, is it the research? Is it the self-understanding about where you want to to communicate, like what, what do you feel like it's really important for those who are listening, they need to know as they're going through the process of thinking about writing a book or actually in the process of writing a book? I mean, it depends. What's most important will shift a little bit throughout. But I mean, number one is, is really focusing on your reader with every decision that you make. Um, that's really going to be the ultimate. Uh, and then the secondary piece is, is knowing that it is a team sport. You, you can do it yourself and upload it to Amazon and have a book out. Uh, so it's not that you can't, but to create a great book that is going to have an impact, 
you, there's no person alive that has this, the, the real skills to do every piece. Well, you cannot edit your own work. Like your brain will professional editors still need editors because they are, your brain plays tricks on you and it knows what it's supposed to say. And it'll show you what it's supposed to say. So you have to have a professional editor. Um, and I always recommend people have three, uh, because we're creating great books at the traditionally published quality or better. I never want somebody to pick up one of our clients books and go, Oh, I can see you self-published like never. <laughs> it's gotta be great. Um, so that's, you know, hiring multiple editors, but also cover design. Uh, you know, you can pull out Photoshop and create your own cover, or go on Canva and create your own cover, but it's not going to have the same quality as if you have a professional cover designer work on it. So, you know, I always recommend to people to plan to invest in it. You know, this is an investment. You're going to invest time and you really should invest money. The scale of the money you invest depends on your goals and your budget and your resources, but, you know, plan, go into it with that mindset. And then also, Marketing is harder than writing the book. So you have to go in mentally ready for marketing. And the minute you stop marketing with rare exceptions, like truly my first book still selling years after I've left real estate is, is a lot of momentum from the early years, which is rare. Like that is not normal. Normally is you stop marketing the book and the book stops selling. <laughs> so, you know, kind of know that going in that you really have to work hard to build momentum. And once you stop marketing your book, most likely the sales will trickle off. This is a really good point that I need people to understand is budgeting time and or money. Let's clear the air. <coughs> <laughs> and talk about how much time and the money on average, I know there's obviously variations for people to invest in the whole self-publishing endeavor. How much should time and or money should they be investing? I mean, it's, it's a really wide scale. Um, and obviously, the more time you put in, potentially, the lower the amount you have to invest. Um, so for example, if you work with a writer, so our team, you know, we have writing coaches as well as writers. If you work with a writer, you can expect to do a couple hours a week, most weeks. And, you know, at the end of nine months to a year, you'll have a book and it'll be marketed. Um, if you're writing the book yourself, it's going to be probably more like five, at least five hours a week. And it's going to be 12 to 15 months before you have a book. Um, of course, if you do more hours, it'll go a little faster. Um, and then if you are writing it yourself, you don't have coaches, you don't have support. A lot of people will take two years. <laughs> it's very common wow. for pe people to two take years. two years just to write it. So it, it really varies. And then how much you spend and invest on the different phases is also, you know, that's really going to depend on your goals and what kind of quality, you know, all those things, it, it will vary. I would say, I don't think you can get a great editor and a, a good book cover, you know, some of those core pieces, I don't think you're going to get that for much less than $4,000. Um, you know, and then if you're going as high level as we do, you're usually looking at a minimum of $10,000 investment going up depending on, you know, what else you want. And a lot of people that compete with us, their services start at $36,000. So it really does vary. Um, and it just comes back to what you want and your goals and, you know, obviously the resources that you have. That's why it's so important to listen to and to ask questions and understanding your expectations, because obviously there's a there's a huge variance. And I don't want anyone listening to think that with $50 and open a dream and two months later, you're going to be on the number one bestseller list on Amazon. Like this is not going to happen that way unless you, I guess, work with celebrities. But 
<laughs> but it's really good to help manage expectations. Julie, tell me, what is something that you would die in a ditch? Like, what is a core belief that you've thought long and hard about what you do and you're willing to defend it? it is it controversial? Let me, let me know your line in the sand. So like in, in business or in life? In or? Specifically, oh, I know, right? We can talk about everything, business, life, <laughs> whatever. Specifically in, in book publishing. I think mean, for us, it's creating, like it's that quality level and creating books that are marketable. Um, we, we start working on marketing the minute we start talking to somebody about their book. So, and that's really a huge gap in the self, in the self-publishing space. So that's really, that's what we focus on. And that's why our hashtag is no boring books. And we focus on that marketing from day one and we, we care deeply about quality. So that's really, you know, from that, from the business perspective, that is something that is vital. And that's everybody on my team kind of lives and breathes by that. If you could hit the rewind button, like back to when you're working with Wiley and back to when you were just trying to figure out things, what would you think that, darn, I wish I knew this. Mm. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm really glad with how things happened. So it's kind of hard to say that because if I hadn't have had that experience with Wiley, I wouldn't have been so ignited to dive into this and go at it with a vengeance like I did um, and, and really dive in and learn everything I, I, I did about the publishing process and see the gaps because ultimately all of that experience led me to creating book launchers and, and working with authors. So I'm actually really glad I didn't know what I know now because I never would have talked to Wiley. I never would have pursued a traditional publishing deal if I knew what I know now. You're making it hard for me. (laughs) (laughs) Everything that we've experienced, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of that has helped us to become the people that we are today. So there's no such thing as a error, right? It's always learning. Exactly. Exactly. And I guess that's my perspective all the time. So whenever somebody asks me, what would you change? I'm like, well, actually, you know, I am where I am today because I made that royal mistake, right? It's like owning that crack house. I would love to have not owned that crack house. Um, However, that crack house was the impetus for that first book. So if I didn't own that crack house, I wouldn't have had the stories that led. And frankly, they're great stories. They weren't fun to live through. But, you know, that's something I always tell people when they're having a really bad day or a really bad year, like 2020, um, you know, I just go, you know what, that's going to be the foundation for a really spectacular book someday. And, you know, that's, that's kind of how I look at bad days. So I, I don't mind mistakes and I don't want to change things because I, I am where I am today because of what happened. <laughs> I, lo- I really do love that perspective. Julie, I, I don't want to end this conversation. I want people to keep following you. Please let us know where we should find you, what other resources that we can take advantage of. Let us know. Absolutely. So the workbook that we talked about before, booklaunchers.com forward slash business book, that takes you to the download for the for the business book, um, how to write a business book, which frankly, it doesn't have to be a business book, that framework is going to help you um, write a nonfiction book. And then if you want to talk to me, hang out with me, booklaunchers.tv is our YouTube channel. And I am very active. I do a live stream on Tuesdays. Um, and then you can connect with me there. I, I am the one that responds to all the comments there social media, my team handles, but we're there too, um, or booklaunchers.com for learning about our services. Julie, thank you so much for your time. And I'm really looking forward to speaking with you again at a later time. Thank you. It's great.
All right. Take care. And thank you for listening.